should also talk to um date of recording is monday april 27th 2020 uh i understand that some of the subject matter can be triggering so if there are any points where you would like to take a break or skip a question please feel free to do so can you state your name and your year of entry into Goucher College for the record? Alrighty. Uh, my name is Sydney Jones. I started attending Goucher in 2015. Okay. First, we're going to focus on some like general background information. And first question is, where, like, what is your background? Uh, where do you come from? And what was your life like before attending Goucher? Okay, um, I am from New York, Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. Um, I attended LaGuardia High School in Manhattan, which is like a performing arts high school. Um, um, I don't know. When you say, like, what was my life like, like, in, in pertaining to what specifically? Um... It could be a little general. One of my um, main questions is, what did college, attending college mean to you while you were younger? Like, okay. so stuff along that angle, education-wise, family-wise. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm an only child for, uh, well, I have a half-sister, but I was raised an only child. Um, my parents were very involved in life. Um, as were members of my family, extended family, chosen family. Um, so I was always had a lot of support and people rallying around me, I guess you could say. Um, college was um, always on the table, always expected of me. Um, that was like just even, even, even as early as third grade, which was something that, um, was talked about that I was supposed to be thinking about um I I don't know I grew up I, just, I grew up I had a, a good childhood um a lot of um yeah just a lot of support it was it was fun um I guess also kind of kind of lonely at times because I was the only child and I uh my like the neighborhood I grew up in didn't have like a lot of children and it wasn't um it wasn't a particularly like super black neighborhood either you know gentrification you know how that goes um but you know as I grew up I found I found my niches in different in different um different groups as I got older um I went through phases of uh, anti-blackness that I had to transition out of when I got to, or not that I, not that I had to, but like you know that I eventually transitioned out of once I got to high school, um, and I just like found my people wherever I went, um, and kind of like a, I guess you could say I'm kind of a floater, and I really had like, other times where I had like a set group of friends, but for the most part I was always like floating around but I guess you could say I'm good at like I, I 
I like always have good people around me and it's not something I do consciously but because I'm always uh, friends with different people from different areas I think that when collectively my friends just are good people who do good things um, who are like do things that I admire or do things that are similar to me that are creative and are smart or something along those lines um yeah, I just find myself around around good people a lot, and that kind of, honestly, that kind of plays into the idea of that is kind of like my kind of like foreshadows my involvement in this whole situation in the first place. But we can talk about that later. Okay, cool. Um, what motivated you to attend Goucher in particular? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, oh, sorry, there's like a helicopter flying by. Can you hear that? Yeah, there's that one on my end, too. Gotta love those helicopters. Hmm. I know what they're looking for. Nobody's supposed to be outside. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I first, gotcha was first brought onto my radar by my dad, actually. Um, he yeah, I think he was at, like, a bar or something and, um, struck up a conversation with, um, this woman and, I don't remember like who this woman was or what she did, but he was talking about me and my college uh, search. And this woman mentioned uh, Goucher to him and told him to tell me that I should check it out. Um, and so I did a little research and then they ended up, I had, there was a college fair at my high school and Goucher was there coincidentally. So I ended up going to their table or whatever and I liked what I saw. It looked like a, a nice campus, um, environment um i like the, the the aspect of study abroad honestly sometimes when i look back i don't even i don't even really remember what about goucher attracted it to me it was like second on my list and i cannot remember why but i visited <laughs> i visited the campus um like november of my junior year and i like i really liked it um i had some second thoughts right before committing just because I was worried about the what the culture would be like and if I would like it, particularly um, in, as it pertains to just how many white people went there. The fact that it was PWI, I, I like had like a mini existential crisis. Was like, I should go to Howard. My parents were like, well, we didn't even visit Howard. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but I ended up going there, and they gave me money. So mm-hmm. I think that was also a big deciding factor. Um, but yeah, mm. that, that is why I chose Goucher. Did you believe, despite Goucher being a PWI, that she would still have a voice as a person of color and that your issues would be addressed by the administration? Oh, wow, that's a really, that's a deep question. Um, I don't know that I was even thinking about stuff like that in upon entering Goucher, I, um, I didn't really have a lot of, like, experience with, like, any sort of, like, activism or, or anything of that matter. I was, like, at that time, I was, like, just starting to be, um, I guess, active and engaged with, um, like, issues with the Black community and, like, things like that. Because you gotta, you gotta think about it, like, Obviously, it's 
these issues with the black community have been going on forever, but I think I I speak for my, I don't want to sleep now, I don't want to speak for my generation, I'm going to speak for myself, I, it didn't really come into consciousness again, like there was, there was, um, what was his name, Uh, Sean Bell, I remember um, when he got killed, there was a high school um, that was on my block when I was a child, and when Sean Bell got killed, there was, um, they did a walkout in protests of his murder and I was but I was really young and I didn't really um understand the implications of that and you know I lived a very insulated life so to speak like my dad grew up in Browsville um he was a corrections officer for 25 years so I was sheltered from like injustice sheltered from like even just the, the even just the injustices of my own city, like I wasn't allowed to go to Brownsville by myself. I wasn't allowed to go to neighborhoods my parents might consider dangerous, and not not to say that it, it was just you know as, as a safety concern for my parents when they grew up in the crack era. So like they were not trying to let me see any of that. And any black history I did get, which they were like wanted me to get, was just you know like the positive ones, like what you know about our heroes and stuff like that not necessarily about our struggles so that all of that didn't really come into my consciousness until Trayvon Martin died and I think I was a a junior in high school do you remember offhand what year he died oh, I, I believe that was 2012 2012 then I was a um, oh, maybe I was a sophomore I was, I was, I was a sophomore then hmm. in high school so yeah like all of that was just coming into coming into consciousness I was like on Tumblr and stuff so like it was it was just becoming a thing to me and I started looking closely at um a little more closely at like gentrification in my neighborhood because like I said the neighborhood that I grew up in was gentrified um but it's also the neighborhood that my mom like I, I grew up on the same block my mom grew up on from when she was nine years old and my grandmother still lives there but when they lived there, it was a completely different neighborhood, like tenement buildings, like it was the hood. Um, but by the time I came along, it wasn't like that anymore. And when I was in the seventh grade, we had to move because our landlord was selling our building. Excuse me. And we ended up moving to Best Eye because we just couldn't afford to live in the neighborhood that I had grew up in, that my mom had grew up in. So that kind of just, that kind of like sparked some shit in me as well. But um, but I wasn't. Um, I try to think like if there was anything that I ever felt like I needed to like speak out about in in high school, um, and I I don't I don't think so. I can't I can't really remember anything that really sticks with me. Like that that wasn't really something that you heard about when I was in high school. You know, like kids doing walkouts and protests and like and stuff like that um but it's funny enough when I got to Goucher is when I got introduced to that um and like I don't want to say like became radicalized but like that that's where I felt like I I should I should start speaking out and I don't know exactly 
what may have started it, probably just the people I was around and just the culture of things that had gone on before, right before I got there. Because right before I got there, that was like, um, that was the death of Freddie Gray. So things were obviously still really tense at uh, at Goucher, because Goucher's in Baltimore. But um, I was I was surrounded by like upperclassmen who had started that movement of um, all this activism that had gone on on campus the year before and created change. So I guess I there was no question to me that once I got there that I could um, I could at least participate in something that would be me expressing my concerns. Okay. Well, I'm sorry if I didn't answer your question. That, that kind of rambled. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, well, you've graduated already. So yes. in your time at the institution, did you feel adequately represented as a black student? Um, did you have a voice in the classroom? If so, how did you feel that was perceived by other students and faculty? If not, what made you feel overlooked? like I had a voice in the classroom. Um, it really depended on, it depended on the, it depends on the class. It depends on the class, the teacher, the subject. Um, I know I have many friends who were in classes or participated in majors that kind of lended itself to people not um, hearing them like if they were like a peace studies major or something a little more um, academic, like a, a science or sciences or maths or English, um, something like that. But I, I don't think I personally ever felt like I couldn't speak. Um, like I like, I like to talk, so I'm always going to talk. Um, I don't, I don't, um, yeah, like in class, if I if I have a, a thought, like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say I'm gonna participate, um, and I never really I never felt like um, people weren't listening to me. I guess um, and you said that I feel like I have a I just feel like I, you said I, did I feel like I have a voice in general? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like especially as a black student. Like, do you feel like the um any intersection of your identity were properly recognized and not overlooked? Um, when you say recognized or overlooked, I uh, no, I it's it's hard it's hard to quantify because I like. I was like purposefully surrounding myself with people and with an administration who I know were on my side. Um, like there's there's so many like general admin throughout Melcher who are black and white who are extremely supportive, who um, care about the students, care about black students, care about students of color and their struggles, but their their reach only goes so far. They're scattered across um, departments. I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking particularly about faculty because faculty don't really play much of a part on the, in the day to day. 
uh, lives of students, especially at Goucher. Um, and I, when it comes to, like, higher administration, like, our, our president or, like, admissions people, like, I wasn't, I guess, I guess you could say, yes, I did feel overlooked because I, I didn't look to them for support ever, really, because I guess I didn't expect it, but that wasn't, that, I guess that was kind of an unconscious choice I made. I surrounded myself with the people I saw every day who seemed like they had a vested interest in me. I think, actually, yes, okay, I have, I have a clear answer for you. I had a lot of friends and people black and white who complained about the goucher and complained about not the school not caring about their interests um just student-wide but of course specifically black students and my response and thing that helped me not always feel so angry and i guess bamboozled was that goucher like any school is a business it's a business first it's money first um, and as my time there went on, it became even clearer that Goucher is not only a business, but it's a struggling business. Um, and any anything, any person that's back to toe corner is going to make reckless decisions. So just by understanding that the school wasn't necessarily there for me, I was there for the school, kind of helped me act accordingly. I wasn't going there expecting Goucher to Goucher as a institution to care about me necessarily unless caring about me proved um, profitable so I like I said I just made it a point to just connect with the people around me that made me feel heard and understood whether that be admin whether that be faculty whether that be um, like the the um, housing and food staff and just, you know, the faces I saw around me every day. I wasn't really interested in getting to know the inner workings of Goucher's, uh, like, institutional shit. I didn't really care about that because I knew that it wasn't there to serve me, really. So I wasn't interested in... Um, I, I was interested in, like, changing it or not, like... I mean, it's not that changing it. Um, I wasn't interested in, like, infiltrating it or getting to know it or like trying to make it work for me I was gonna just make it I was gonna make it work for me just I don't know however however I could on a more personal level because that's where I thrive I thrive in like personal connections mm -hmm. so were there points where in light of that where you were able to because it seems that there were points where you felt the need, where you were able, where you were able to create your own spaces on the campus. Um, excuse me. Um, did I create my own spaces on campus? And um, even that can be. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything like that was maintained um, in perpetuity. <clears throat> in perpetuity, it's like just stuff like you were talking about. Like those spaces, like having safe spaces with your friends or areas where you could be thrived and recognized. Like, did you uh, seek that, that out? Sorry. Sorry. Um, I'm 
It, go ahead, continue. No, just like, did you seek that stuff out or did you create those spaces? Like, either or. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think um, the student engagement office is definitely a big one for me. I spent a lot of time there because um, they uh, hang out with Amber and Aisha, and he, um, which are two black women that worked there that we just spoke about earlier. But even the the the, um, the white employees there, um, who um, oh my god, I'm already blanking on names. It's only been a year. Jesus, um, uh, it's gonna be so bad. I love them so much, and I literally can't remember their names. That's wild. But the other two women that work in the student engagement office. <laughs> Oh, I feel so bad. Um, um, where else did I, would I go? Um, in earlier years of Goucher, going to the Infocoms was definitely kind of a safe space. Um, if, if I, you, um, sorry, if I may, were you referring to, um, Christine Krieger? Yes, and, um, blonde hair. I know who you're talking about, I just also can't remember her name right now. Is it Stacy? Stacy, I was I was gonna say Stephanie, but it's definitely it's Stacy. Stacy Coop, Stacy Coop Patterson. Yes, mm-hmm. Stacy Coop Patterson, Christy Krieger, who was literally my uh, advisor my freshman year, and um, Amber and Aisha, the ladies of the student engagement office. Love them. They are all amazing human beings. Um, and so I hung out there almost every day um, if I needed someone to talk to, support, just a place to chill in between classes, um, even, like, a shoulder to cry on, that was where, that was where I would go, um, but, uh, I guess on a student level, going to the infocoms was always fun until around, like, my senior year, when people just, like, kind of stopped going to the app, I don't know what happened, um, but the infocoms used to be, like, lit. Which is so, it's so funny how that space worked because it's literally a part of the library. But for some reason, like black students specifically congregated there and would just hang out. Like no work was getting done. Like I've seen like fake fights happen there, people be drinking in the infocoms. Like it was just a space to just like chill and hang out and relax. Um, which we would get just sometimes and then talk shit about getting shushed <laughs> but you know it was a it was a fun place to be um and then there's like the the various affinity groups on campus obviously um emoja um guac which i personally didn't attend um too much but i appreciated that the space existed um the gopher hole when it was open was also a good a good space to hang out. There were a lot of um, black students and POC that worked there, so it was always a, a nice place to hang out after hours. Um, um, for some reason, we always congregate in Pearlstone, which you don't know what that is, but um, the where the dining hall is now used to be a smaller dining hall. That whole building used to be um, the student center. The post office was there. The school store was there, uh, the student engagement office was there, but upstairs, and then there was, like, when you go upstairs where the, all the food is, there was, like, a smaller, um, 
kind of like uh, just walk through food area um, and then seating and there were some other rooms like private rooms that you could go into one, one of them had a piano so people you kind of just used to congregate there after Pearl Stone closed and just like you would just sit I think I think part of the the charm of Goucher was just like carving out spaces for yourself wherever you could um, I think that, that's a really important thing about Goucher is that you can just um, you would just find any space even if it wasn't necessarily meant for whatever you're doing okay um and last question for this section <clears throat> did you ever feel motivated by your surroundings and Goucher's community to do better in your personal life and like when it, that can mean like the pursuit of future endeavors past Goucher or just being able to thrive in your academics um yeah, I'd say I, there were there were definitely people I was around who made me want to be more organized with my schoolwork, made me want to like really delve deeper into my academic work. Because um, I definitely have a habit of kind of just coasting, but there were like people around me who were having such like intellectual discussions and taking like really cool classes, and I knew that if I took them, I needed to like really do the work and um, get all I could out of. The classes I was taking and really like take it to heart and so and so that was definitely a motivating factor and then like I said earlier um there's a lot of activism going on in my like first semester of Goucher so it motivated me to want to become more involved activism wise and that kind of carried on for a couple of years um it didn't always materialize, but it was definitely something that I um, admired, and I like kind of like stayed in attuned to what was what was going on in like in activism circles. I guess on Goucher's campus, if I wasn't directly involved, I was like paying attention to to what was going on. At one time, I tried to. <laughs> I attempted to do to like have my own like protest walk out that thankfully somebody uh, advised me against because I've never done that before. I was gonna um in my in my freshman year <clears throat> they instated a policy at Towson Mall where you if you're under the age of 16 after a certain time you can't be there without an adult. <clears throat> me and some friends made sorry my voice sounds so weird. But yeah, we were just talking about the policy and um, just talking about like how, how it was inherently a racist uh, policy. I think there might have been something about um, black kids that went there getting like thrown out by police officers and just bringing that into context of Baltimore and how there's just not much for kids in Baltimore to do. So obviously they're going to go to the mall and maybe they're not. <clears throat> buy anything but like you complain about kids getting into trouble and then you take away all the resources so that's kind of where we're coming from but like I made a, I made a flyer like I made a Facebook group like we was about to have a whole walkout and I forget who it was that um, I'm 
know they told me not to do it, but they were like telling me just things that I should be thinking about, like you're bringing people to in this potentially just like um, dangerous situation, and when you start something like this, like you're responsible for these people's safety, so you should just be aware of all of these things. And I was like, oh shit, you were absolutely right, and I ended up canceling it because I didn't feel like prepared to for that sort of responsibility. But it's something that has stuck with me in all activism circles and things that I've ever participated in like moving forward like that's always stuck with me to just always be aware of the risks and don't be afraid to like cede responsibility or power to somebody that is more um, experienced than you and to share that responsibility which I feel like also definitely informs how I participated in the, the blackout in the years in the years following. Okay. Cool, that's the intro um section done. Now we're gonna move on to the details of the event itself. Alright. <clears throat> um the morning of November fourteenth, twenty eighteen, the student population received an email from Vice President and Dean students Brian Coker informing them of anti black graffiti on Hubeck Jeffrey's first floor. Do you remember where you were and how you felt when you learned this news? So was that the actual day that it happened? I believe... When the email happened? Because I feel like... Yeah. Wasn't the... I feel like the email was was sent the day after. I don't don't think so. In the email, I think, I believe it clarified that it happened in the early hours of that morning that the email was sent out. Okay. Um, I remember that I didn't, I don't think I ever, I don't think I even, I don't think I read the email in the morning. Like, I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on until later that day. Um, yeah, I remember the day, the day of, I didn't really know what was going on. I had, like, heard whisperings about it, but by this time, by that time I was a senior at Goucher, this wasn't the first incidents, incident of something like this happening, um, like racist graffiti um, or an inc- instance of racism on campus. Um, so I wasn't particularly phased. Um, and so I wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't really in the headspace to address it emotionally or anything really that first day. Um, so I wasn't really plugged into what was going on about it. I kind of just went about my day. It was just kind of like the the news of that day, and I didn't really know the details of it either of what it, of what it said or anything. And I, I honestly can't even remember if I read the email from uh, Frank Coker at that time. But the next day, um, or I'll let I'll let you ask the, the second question before I go. I don't want to get get ahead of the questions. No, you're fine. Um, But you can continue if you'd like. Um, Yeah, I guess, yeah, like I said, I was just really tuned out about it. I I guess I was kind of just used to it at that point. And um, like I said, I heard remembrance about it throughout campus. And also at that point, I was kind of... um, 
want to say a loner because that sounds so weird. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really have like a set friend group at that time. So um, there, it was very possible that I didn't really speak to anybody directly that day, or like have any like real like intense conversations that day. Um, wait, hold on. My mom is calling me. Let me just go yell down to her. Mom. Okay, we're back on. Yeah, when we like learned about the news and how you felt. Yeah, I mean, I felt, I guess generally I felt disappointed, but I was kind of numb to it at that point. Um, not in part because of the incidents that had happened before over the years, um, as well as just not really having, in terms of like student wise, not really having a strong support system even begin to unpack that so I kind of just for my own I guess emotional and mental well-being kind of just checked out in relation to that incident at first okay um what if you can recall was the response from administration and the general student body did you believe that it was adequate Kind of very much of a us versus them mentality, I think, if I'm 
like correctly and also like that time it's just there's just a lot going on so um it's hard to remember looking back but i know definitely there was there was outrage fear a lot of stress as the days were on um yeah Okay, um, was this the first hate crime that you were on campus to witness? If, no. yeah, could you describe what the first one you'd experienced was, even if it wasn't directly targeting the black community? First one? Uh, the first one I remember was Somebody wrote racial slurs on um, Lydell. Do you, do you know Lydell? I feel like I've heard that name, but I don't remember this. I don't know who Faye is. Um, Lydell, uh, he was a year older than me. And he was an RA. And Jeffrey, uh, coincidentally. He was a RA, he's a black RA of, of Jeffrey, um, which is uh, historically a very. Uh, for some reasons, all guys, there's male, mostly um, sports players, but um, somebody wrote like nigger RA on the door. That was my, my sophomore year. Um, there was an instance of lacrosse players wearing like sombreros and Make America Great Again hats for Halloween. They posted a picture. Um, when I was a sophomore, I had Black Lives Matter written on my on my door and somebody crossed it out to write all lives matter and then I take the put tape over it for Black Lives Matter again and cross it out again. Um what else? I think I might have been something about I think I might have been something about Jewish people, but I think actually no, I think I might have been from the one that happened to teenagers. there was this wasn't necessarily on campus. Um, but there was like a three-day Facebook debate that turned really ugly um, in my junior year, I believe, where somebody posted a video. Do you remember that video of like, there was like a black woman going off on this white guy for having dreads in like a school setting or something? I don't remember. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah. Well, that, was, that was the video. Somebody posted it and that, that sparked a days-long, real ugly Facebook argument between lots of voucher students. Um, it just got real bad. People were showing their ass to white people saying that word. It's, it's um, yeah, that's why I can remember off the top of my head. Okay. At what point? Um, back to 20, fall of 2018, at what point did you become aware that the blackout protest was being organized for that following Friday, November 16th? And how did you feel about it? I became aware of it the day after the email went out. Um, so I was in the student engagement office and I ran to Malise um, and just some casual conversations with her. She was working on something, so I asked her what she was doing. And she said she was preparing for a meeting that night about um I think she said she was what did she say she was doing? I think she said she was working on a like like a manifesto or a speech or something or a list of demands. Probably the demands. Yeah, probably the list of demands. 
either that or like a speech that she had to say. Um, and she told me about the meeting that happened the day before that obviously I didn't know about because I wasn't paying attention. Um, and just looking at the meeting notes and kind of like listening to dance and what they were planning, um, it seemed like they needed help. Um, I didn't really know uh, Lalisa to ever be involved with like any like activism stuff on campus before. Um, nor Ridwan, if I'm actually no Ridwan used to come to Patrick Page school, so he was kind of involved with that stuff. But I just felt like they might need some help. Just thinking back to my own experience in freshman year when I tried to do something on a similar scale on my own without any like real experience, how stressful that was. So I called up a few people. I um, I messaged my friend Arthur Arthur Nujima who graduated the year before, who was like big uh, on activism in my year at Goucher. Um, I just I just messaged him on Facebook to ask him for advice and his thoughts on the situation, and I called my friend Jordan Leonard, who um, attended Goucher. He he would have graduated the year before me, but he had dropped out a little bit before that, but was like, would be, he would like come on Goucher's campus and do different like, um, do different things activism-wise and just like trying to work with the administration for different things for Goucher's students. Um, he created the Baltimore Algebra Project, which is like a, a math empowerment activism-based Nonprofit for like uh, students of color in Baltimore, um, and just like through starting that uh, organization, and also just being involved in a lot of the organizing that had gone on on campus in like 2012, 2013, perhaps 2012, um, 2015, 2014. Um, I called him and told him and asked him to come with me to a meeting just to see what was going on and to offer any guidance if he could. So that's how I feel aware of it. I didn't, I originally didn't even like plan on getting involved too much. Um, Cause, uh, but just for my own personal uh, reasons and kind of just being burned out from uh, previous experiences um, over the years. So I was really there to just kind of like see what's going on, offer any help I could and that's why I like, called other people who I thought might be more experienced than me. Um, so yeah, but that's how I became aware of it and how I initially got involved. Okay. Um, could you s- describe some of the activities that <clears throat> that were done throughout the blackout and how you felt throughout the event? gather in the dining hall of Mary Fisher wearing all black um, we were bringing music and just people to do we created signs pertaining to what we were upset about um, 
and every every hour on the hour we do like uh, uh do like a side of chant different chants um in a circle in the middle of the dining hall and the plan was basically to stay there all day until dinner um and like people came and went but a main core group of people stayed there all day um we were in all black blackout and um was, it was definitely a good feeling to be around other black people and there were times people would like share out about their experiences on campus as a black student, things that had happened to them, their injustices, their face, how they felt about even even things that happened that didn't even have anything to do with Trump just their lives, their experiences, how they felt about what had happened, how it made them feel unsafe. Um, just being able to, to, to grieve, to cry, to laugh with other black people and um, just be together was really, really beautiful, even if the circumstances were not ideal. Um, so that was really, that was really nice to see. But for me personally, um, as someone who ended up becoming like one of the, uh, like, people planning the uh, event it was, it was a little stressful because um, I, I just I, I wanted it to be impactful um, I think we were it was an underlying fear of, of backlash and so many students gathering but that didn't really um, happen and then there was the whole moment when the, when like the media arrived which I don't think I expected when this first happened. Um, and just to get immediate attention and like all to, to press was definitely interesting. Um, it was it was a, a beautiful, stressful, nerve-wracking experience. Um, um, but it felt we felt like we were making noise, and I guess that's what we really wanted to do to show that like we weren't going to take and just to build on that last point you mentioned if you had to summarize the goal of the blackout protest what would you say it was um the goal i would say the goal was to um create a sense of urgency about around resolving or coming to resolution around what had happened and also the any like culture of anti blackness on campus and how students could feel safer and supported on Josh's campus and kind of create a stepping stone for, for the conversation around our needs. Okay, um, and last question for this section. How did you feel about the event's execution? Was there anything that you felt could have been done better throughout? Um, yes, I think that, I think I, I think I wish that it would have been more like in your face. I wish more people would have come. I wish it would have been more in your face. Because I feel like most, most of the time we were just kind of like sitting off to the side in that little seating area, which makes sense because it's hard to just like be like 
sustained uh, action all day. But maybe if we could have been more assertive, like we were right before dinner when we all sat on the stairs. Maybe even um, opening it up to other schools um, to come. But I, before we had a, um, like in the beginnings of, I don't know if you know about Towson Freedom School, there was a, there was a, a, a pretty huge, like the tweet voucher in Towson Freedom School when we were collaborating. Um, but um, I think for the amount of turnaround time that it was planned, it was pretty successful. Um, I feel like if we had more time, it would have been, uh, I want to say better, but more organized. But it definitely did, it, grabbed, it grabbed, definitely grabbed attention. There were people not going to class. It, it ended up in the news. Like it, it literally ends up on TV, like. <laughs> so, so that's why I was saying it definitely um, affected. Okay. Well, this is the last section and focuses on the aftermath of the event. Mm-hmm. On November 30th, it was announced. November 30th, 2018, it was announced that by the Baltimore Sun that Finn Arthur a biracial student was the culprit of the hate crime. How did you feel learning that Arthur was biracial? Did it change your feelings on the hate crimes themselves? Um, I remember feeling... I felt a little embarrassed because it felt like people already weren't really taking us seriously. And then to realize that it was a black person, I feel like people are still be like, oh, you were making all that noise, you were one of you guys. Um, and I know a lot of people who really personally felt betrayed and confused and, and, and hurt. Um, um, and mostly confused. Like, why would you do something like that? Um, you know, it kind of felt like it. I feel like it's gonna take the wind out of our sails, like without. Um, I know we we don't want people to think that just because um, who did it might not be quote unquote the right culprits that are claimed and what we were uh, fighting for wasn't justified. Um, I know that was a big a big part of it, but mostly we're just really confused. definitely a, a, a confusing and, and uh, bad time on campus. Okay. Um, as of today, if you type Goucher Hate Crime 2018 into Google News, there are at least three articles which attribute the hate crime itself to being a hoax. How does the... Really? Bl- yeah. How does the branding of the hate crime as a hoax make you feel? Um, I don't, I don't, that, that, that really, that makes me upset because it wasn't, it wasn't a hoax 
regardless of the person that did it was black, the the intention behind it was anti-black. The the culture that created it was a result of white supremacy, and the fear that fear and the hurt and the anger that it created was real, and that wasn't fake. Um, and the context of incidents like that on this campus and the fact that it, that we had a culture on Dodgers campus that would have allowed something that, like that to happen and has allowed things like that to happen in the past people feel comfortable enough to do that um, it is fake um, so I think that's, that's wrong um, I think it's really um, dismissive and hurtful In the aftermath, because you've graduated by now, but in the aftermath, in the few months that you had left at Goucher, what actions did you see the administration undertake to better address the needs of black students? Um, I don't know if they did. I recall. Um, I'm trying to remember what exactly we were advocating for. I know we wanted like more representation, more like black administration, black faculty. Um, we wanted to create like a student like a student coalition. And I don't know if any of that actually happened. Um, also the timing of this whole thing was really unfortunate because it was right before winter break. Um, but then I went I went to Ghana and then when I came back, it was like, it seemed like years had passed, honestly. Um, so I don't really know if anything ever came about it, besides the fact that Saint uh, was, I'm pretty sure, expelled. Um, yeah, it kind of seems like it just got swept under the rug. I may be wrong, I'm, I'm sure I definitely like, checked out when I got back to school after winter break and after So, um, just to um, clarify, you didn't really feel that there was any substantial change in attitude regarding the administration's response to the student body? Okay. Do you feel that stuff like the diversity trainings that the institution implements were substantial enough to foster a more inclusive community? Um, like students, I mean, I'm not sure. I feel like you probably might have had to do one. I feel like we might did one last year, even though they changed the format of it. But like this year, 
unless we filled out a diverse uh, a, did a diversity training module online we weren't able we would our hold on there was a hold place on there would be a hold place on our account that prevent us from registering for courses next semester Do you feel that if there was another situation pertaining to race that puts you in danger, your non-PLC friends would know what to do, how to support you? And last question, which will be a little bit skewed since you're an alum, but um, even from an outside perspective, what do you think are some things that you would like to have seen the administration do moving forward to make sure that um, POC students and black students feel safe on campus? Because your your immediate response is like, 
make sure there's more security and more like uh, cook safe but then you know that more uh, of a police force isn't or like acting as a police force isn't really necessarily the answer but I guess I guess definitely the fact that Gotcha is such an open campus is kind of concerning because if only knew that it was a student I was like this could be anybody and we were always, we were always getting uh, reports of some random person running through the woods um, I guess feeling like like anything they could do to like help with like the kind of like lax atmosphere that was at Goucher it's like anybody can get into any building well up until that happened so I guess they ended up uh, changing that which was honestly more annoying than it was helping with uh, people feel safe and I couldn't get into any building but um know what they could do to make make us feel safe because the world isn't really safe you know mm. um, but I guess making I think I would feel safer at, at I would feel safer there if there were more people like me there in across the board like admin faculty and staff like like there just wasn't a big like adult uh, professional um, staff there that looked like me um, so it didn't feel like people have my best interests at heart always or even more able to even understand what my best interests were um, like perfect example um during that whole time, the faculty did like a walkout of their own and like circled near Jeffrey with like candles mm-hmm. and were doing like kind of like weird chants and stuff. And it was it was so weird and honestly made a lot of students uncomfortable. And it was like mostly white faculty and just that they were like gathered around. It was very off-putting and odd, and I don't remember any, or rarely, like not many, if any, black admitted faculty participated. Um, yeah, so just like the fact that there aren't even like bodies on campus, even know like we're in the decision-making process to know what might make us feel safer or more supported is a problem. Okay. Well, I think that's that's it on my end. So thank you for t- participating and sharing your opinion. No problem. That goes with like uh, I think that makes sense, and that it'll be helpful for you. <laughs>